0: chapter thirteen of mrs craddock by william somerset maugham this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva with the summer edward began to teach bertha lawn-tennis and in the long evenings when he had finished his work and changed into the flannels which suited him so well they played innumerable sets he prided himself upon his skill in this pursuit and naturally found it dull to play with a beginner but he was very patient hoping that eventually bertha would acquire sufficient skill to give him a good game to be doing something with her husband sufficiently amused bertha she liked him to correct her mistakes to show her this stroke and that she admired his good nature and his inexhaustible spirits but her greatest delight was to lie on the long chair by the lawn when they had finished and enjoy the feeling of exhaustion gossiping of the little nothings which love made absorbingly interesting miss ley had been persuaded to prolong her stay she had vowed to go at the end of her week but edward in his high-handed fashion had ordered the key of the box-room to be given him and refused to surrender it Oh no," he said. "I can't make people come here, but I can prevent them from going away. In this house, every one has to do as I tell them. Isn't that so, Bertha? If you say it," Edward replied. His wife, Miss Lay, gracefully acceded to her nephew's desire, which was the more easy since the house was comfortable. She had really no pressing engagements and her mind was set upon making further examination into the married life of her relations it would have been a weakness unworthy of her to maintain her intention for consistence sake why for days together were edward and bertha the happiest lovers and then suddenly why did bertha behave almost brutally towards her husband while he remained invariably good-tempered and amiable the obvious reason was that some little quarrel had arisen such as since adam and eve has troubled every married couple in the world but the obvious reason was that which miss ley was least likely to credit she never saw anything in the way of a disagreement bertha assented to all her husband's proposals and with such docility on the one hand such good humour on the other what on earth could form a bone of contention miss ley had discovered that when the green leaves of life are turning red and golden with approaching autumn most pleasure can be obtained by a judicious mingling in simplicity of the gifts of nature and the resources of civilization she was satisfied to come in the evenings to the tennis-lawn and sit on a comfortable chair shaded by trees and protected by a red parasol from the rays of the setting sun she was not a woman to find distraction in needlework and brought with her therefore a volume of montaigne her favorite writer she read a page and then lifted her sharp eyes to the players edward was certainly very handsome he looked so clean and it was obvious to the most casual observer that he bathed himself daily he was one of those men who carry the morning tub stamped on every line of their faces you felt that pears soap was as essential to him as his belief in the conservative party derby day and the depression of agriculture as bertha often said his energy was superabundant notwithstanding his increasing size he was most agile and perpetually did unnecessary feats of strength such as jumping and hopping over the net holding chairs with outstretched arm if health and a good digestion are all that is necessary in a husband bertha certainly ought to be the most contented woman alive miss ley never believed so implicitly in her own theories that she was prevented from laughing at them she had an impartial mind and saw the two sides of a question clearly enough to find little to choose between them consequently she was able and willing to argue with equal force from either point of view the set was finished and bertha threw herself on a chair panting find the balls there's a dear she cried edward went off on the search and bertha looked at him with a delightful smile he's such a good-tempered person she said to miss ley sometimes he makes me feel positively ashamed he has all the virtues dr ramsay the glovers even mrs branderton have been dinning his praise into my ears yes they all like him arthur branderton is always here asking his advice about something or other he's a dear good thing who arthur branderton no of course not eddie bertha took off her hat and stretched herself more comfortably on the long chair her hair was somewhat disarranged and the rich locks wandered about her forehead and on the nape of her neck in a way that would have distracted any minor poet under seventy miss ley looked at her niece's fine profile and wondered again at the complexion made up of the softest colours in the setting sun her eyes now were liquid with love languorous with the shade of long lashes and her full sensual mouth was half open with a smile is my hair very untidy asked bertha catching miss ley's look and its meaning no i think it suits you when it is not done too severely edward hates it he likes me to be prim and of course i don't care how i look so long as he's pleased don't you think he's very good-looking then without waiting for an answer she asked a second question do you think me a great fool for being so much in love aunt polly my dear it's surely the proper behavior with one's lawful spouse bertha's smile became a little sad as she replied edward seems to think it unusual she followed him with her eyes picking up the balls one by one hunting among bushes she was in the mood for confidences that afternoon you don't know how different everything has been since i fell in love the world is fuller it's the only state worth living in edward advanced with the eight balls on his racket come here and be kissed eddie she cried not if i know it he replied laughing bertha's a perfect terror she wants me to spend my whole life in kissing her don't you think it's unreasonable aunt polly my motto is everything in its place and season one kiss in the morning said bertha one kiss at night will do to keep your wife quiet and the rest of the time you can attend to your work and read your paper again bertha smiled charmingly but miss ley saw no amusement in her eyes Well one can have too much of a good thing said edward balancing his racket on the tip of his nose even of proverbial philosophy remarked bertha a few days later his guest having definitely announced that she must go edward proposed a tennis party as a parting honour miss ley would gladly have escaped an afternoon of small talk with the notabilities of leanham but edward was determined to pay his aunt every attention and his inner consciousness assured him that at least a small party was necessary to the occasion they came mr and miss glover the brandertons the hancocks mr athill backett the great politician of the district but mr athill backett was more than political he was gallant and he devoted himself to the entertainment of miss ley he discussed with her the sins of the government and the incapacity of the army more men more guns he said an elementary education and common sense for the officers and the rudiments of grammar if there's time good heavens mr Bacot, you mustn't say such things i thought you were a conservative madam i stood for the constituency in eighty five i may say that if a conservative member could have got in i should have been elected but there are limits even the staunch conservative will turn now look at general hancock please don't talk so loud said miss ley with alarm for mr backett had instinctively adopted his platform manner and his voice could be heard through the whole garden look at general hancock i say he repeated taking no notice of the interruption is that the sort of man whom you would wish to have the handling of ten thousand of your sons oh but be fair cried miss ley laughing they're not all such fools as poor general hancock i give you my word madam i think they are as far as i can make out when a man has shown himself incapable of doing anything else they make him a general just to encourage the others i understand the reason it's a great thing of course for parents sending their sons into the army to be able to say well he may be a fool but there's no reason why he shouldn't become a general you wouldn't rob us of our generals said miss ley they're so useful at tea-parties in my young days the fool of the family was sent into the church but now i suppose he's sent into the army mr Backett was about to make a very heated retort when edward called to him we want you to make up a set at tennis will you play with miss hancock against my wife and the general come on bertha oh no i mean to sit out Eddie said bertha quickly she saw that edward was putting all the bad players into one set so that they might be got rid of i'm not going to play you must or you'll disarrange the next lot it's all settled miss glover and i are going to take on miss jane hancock and arthur branderton bertha looked at him with eyes flashing angrily of course he did not notice her vexation he preferred to play with miss glover she told herself the parson's sister played well and for a good game he would never hesitate to sacrifice his wife's feelings besides bertha only miss glover and young branderton were within earshot and in his jovial pleasant manner edward laughingly said bertha's such a duffer of course she's only just beginning you don't mind playing with the general do you dear arthur branderton laughed and bertha smiled at the sally but she reddened i'm not going to play at all i must see to the tea and i dare say more people will be coming in presently oh i forgot that said edward no perhaps you oughtn't to play and then putting his wife out of his thoughts and linking his arm with young branderton's he sauntered off come along old chap we must find some crock to make up the pat-ball set edward had such a charming frank manner one could not help liking him bertha watched the two men go and turned very white i must just go into the house a moment she said to miss glover go and entertain mrs branderton there's a dear and precipitately she fled she ran to her room and flinging herself on the bed burst into a flood of tears the humiliation seemed dreadful she wondered how eddie whom she loved above all else in the world could treat her so cruelly what had she done he knew ah yes he knew well enough the happiness he could cause her and he went out of his way to be brutal she wept bitterly and jealousy of miss glover miss glover of all people stabbed her to the heart he doesn't love me she moaned her tears redoubling presently there was a knock at the door who is it she cried the handle was turned and miss glover came in red with nervousness forgive me for coming in bertha but i thought you seemed unwell can't i do something for you oh i'm all right said bertha drying her tears only the heat upset me and i've got a headache shall i send edward to you what do i want with edward replied bertha petulantly i shall be all right in five minutes i often have attacks like this i'm sure he didn't mean to say anything unkind he's kindness itself i know bertha flushed what on earth do you mean fanny who didn't say anything unkind i thought you were hurt by Edward's saying you were a duffer and a beginner oh my dear you must think me a fool bertha laughed hysterically it's quite true that i'm a duffer i tell you it's only the weather why if my feelings were hurt each time eddie said a thing like that i should lead a miserable life i wish you'd let me send him up to you said miss glover unconvinced good heavens why see i'm all right now she washed her eyes and passed the powder-puff over her face my dear it was only the sun with an effort she braced herself and burst into a laugh joyful enough almost to deceive the vicar's sister Now we must go down or mrs branderton will complain more than ever of my bad manners she put her arm round miss glover's waist and ran her down the stairs to the mingled terror and amazement of that good creature for the rest of the afternoon though her eyes never rested on edward she was perfectly charming in the highest spirits chattering incessantly laughing everyone noticed her good humor and commented upon her obvious felicity it does one good to see a couple like that said general hancock just as happy as the day is long but the little scene had not escaped miss ley's sharp eyes and she noticed with agony that miss glover had gone to bertha she could not stop her being at the moment in the toils of mrs branderton oh these good people are too officious why can't she leave the girl alone to have it out with herself but the explanation of everything now flashed across miss ley what a fool i am she thought and she was able to cogitate quite clearly while exchanging honeyed impertinences with mrs branderton i noticed it the first day i saw them together how could i ever forget it she shrugged her shoulders and murmured the maxim of la rochefoucauld Entre deux amants, il y a toujours un qui aime et un qui se laisse aimer, and to this she added another in the same language, which, knowing no original she ventured to claim as her own, it seemed to summarize the situation: celui qui aime a toujours tort End of Chapter thirteen.